Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. So Colorado has decided that partisan judges with severe TDS, Trump derangement syndrome, are able to save democracy by denying and forbidding the will of the people to vote for whoever they damn well please. These hacks took it upon themselves to be your voice and your vote in Colorado, citing the 14th Amendment and alleging Trump incited an insurrection on liberal Christmas, January 6th. Peacefully and patriotically let your voices be heard is not an incitement to insurrection, and they know this, and the courts know this, and it'll, God willing, be overturned by the Supreme Court, but they don't care. They just want to stir up more drama around Trump because they're quite frankly enamored with him, obsessed, really. This and Joe's poll numbers slip even below Kamala's. They can't win with Joe in a fair fight, so this is what they do. The party that claims democracy is on the ballot. If we're gonna take someone off the ballot, it should be Joe Biden for allowing millions of illegals to invade our nation. That is treason. But what a joke all this is. These narcissists hate you because honestly, they hate themselves too. Also, I'm sure a welcome distraction from not only the dismal Brandon poll numbers, but also this. A staffer for Democrat Senator Ben Cardin was caught making a gay porno in the chamber of the Hart Senate building on Capitol Hill. But if you have a problem with it, you're probably just a homophobic conservative, says the mainstream media. And if you're Senator Ben Cardin, well, you just don't get into personnel issues such as your aide filming a gay porno in a Senate building. What went on here? Any hiring practices? Yeah, this is a, these are personnel with? issues that I won't talk about publicly as to how we have personnel. Did but your you, office booked the, the room at the I, time? I don't, I don't know the details. Yeah, how did he get in there? I, I don't know the details. Do you, what, what was this stuff like? What, I mean, I, I, my knowledge of this uh, was over the weekend when I learned about it. Made sure that he was separated, so he left uh, the Senate employment. And that uh, the appropriate steps were taken from point of view of our office. Did he exhibit any unusual behavior while he was working in the office? I would not be the right one. I, I, Do you I, know I, him very well? I, or? I would have to ask. The, 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 these are personnel issues, and uh, I would not be the right person. I, I'm not gonna, I just not going to get into personnel issues. Hmm. Well, may I suggest vetting your help a little better next go-around, sir? 
But I'm sure the White House is also frazzled by this. Just kidding. I'm sure they're just relieved that this time it's not Hunter. After all, the administration that vowed to bring decency back to D.C. has set the decency bar pretty damn low. Here are just a few examples, starting with Jill's White House Christmas semi-drag show as performed by a dance troupe that has openly called for the defunding of police and abolishing the entire prison system. But speaking of drag shows, not only do Democrats support performing them in front of children, they also celebrate pride by inviting this trans flasher to the White House. How decent. And then there was the mysterious cocaine found in the White House. Also a regular at the White House, sex and coke addict Hunter Biden. So if decency was on the ballot in 2020, decency lost and well, whatever the hell some of y'all mailed in, well, that won instead. Important to note that the latest act of deviancy took place in the same Senate hearing room that's hosted Supreme Court nominees, 9-11 commission hearings, and the particular placement of the mm, content happened to be right between where Senators Amy Klobuchar and Chris Coons were sitting at a recent Senate Judiciary Committee hearing. Next time, I'd suggest bringing a black light. Joining me now to weigh in on that and so much more is host of The Bo Show, Bo Davidson. Bo, great to have you on such a, a content-filled week. Let's just say that. Oh, it really is. Good to be back, Tommy. Appreciate it. I want to start off with this Senate sex tape. Obviously, with the latest news about Trump, once again, that gives cover to the Democrats and all of their acts of decency. But what I think is really interesting here is the way that the media is framing this as some sort of a conservative conspiracy theory when this person, much if, if I'm wrong, you know, please correct me. But I believe this person uploaded their own content of their bare butt and their act. So it, it doesn't seem like it's a conservative conspiracy theory that this person bent over in a, in a Senate building and filmed their content. But maybe it was just us. No, not at all. I, th I think you hit the nail on the head, Tommy. The, what strikes me about this is it is unapologetic completely unapologetic, completely shameless. And this is what's ironic to me. So you've got this guy who obviously wanted this to be seen, but the Democratic senator who, who uh, hired him says, no, this is a personnel matter. We should make this hush hush. That's ironic considering that the activist part of the Democrat party wants to make things like this very public, very shameless, you know, completely normalized. So I find it very, very ironic that the Democrats want this to be just a personnel matter, when in actuality, it's what is making a private matter very public. And that's what struck me about this, this uh, story. Yeah, the personnel issues. Uh, interesting, too, that through the weekend after this broke, the mainstream media again cited that it was a conservative outlets that were pushing this, but yet this Senate aide was let go. So if he didn't do it, if it was just us making this up, then why did you let the guy go? Um, another part of this that's interesting to me, but you're right about this. The left embraces this kind of activity, and I believe it's the subject of this video himself who believes that this discussion uh, about his act and the horror that many of us have at his act is just homophobia because we just don't like gay porn in Senate buildings. So it's us that have a problem. What's no, you? <laughs> it's it's the victim delusion. I would call it the victim delusion. It's the delusion of thinking that, OK, you did something wrong. You desecrated a public space. OK. You desecrated a public space, but yet you think you're the victim. You think that tax dollars should support this. That's what I, what I think is so absurd about it. So it doesn't matter whether you're gay or straight. It has nothing to do with homophobia. That's just the easy cop out that they use. But this guy, Tommy, is not apologetic about it at all. I think he knew good and well 
that this content would be uploaded and probably cheered it on. So you can't say you're a victim all the time when you're desecrating a public space and your tax dollars going to pay for it. Yeah. And also, I think there's probably an element to this that this person himself probably thought that if he did get caught, that because he's a member of a certain community, that it would be forgiven because they have a sense of entitlement. The Rainbow Mafia shields and protects them and all their deviant activities. Drag queens can gyrate in front of children. That's supposed to be accepted. You can read books about gay oral sex in the children's library. That's accepted. So I'm sure there's part of this 24-year-old that thought, hey, I'm just going to do this. And if I get caught, I'm just going to say, you know, that I'm a member of the LGBTQ community and this is my right. I feel like that's probably why he was so brazen with his activities. Yep, I think it's the hubris of exactly that activist part of the Democratic Party, which now that Democratic senator thinks is just a personnel matter. It's absurd. Well, they're bringing diversity to the White House, bringing diversity to D.C. in all the, the most wonderful way, well, ways possible. What an early Christmas gift that video was. Um, horrifying, to say the least. But speaking of horrifying, I want to turn to our next topic of the day. So uh, everything bad happens or starts on TikTok in many cases. And here's a new one. People that are serving the United States of America in the armed forces, in the army, in any branch of the military, um, the younger ones are taking to TikTok to share their displeasure of their country and the way that they are serving their country. Let's take a look, and I want your thoughts on this content. What do you think our enemies are thinking when they see somebody uploading a TikTok video complaining about the food and the hours and the leadership of the country that they enlisted? We don't have a draft yet uh, to serve. Right. What do you think about the state of young people and the state of our military, really? Well, I think that China has to be laughing because let's be honest, uh, Tommy, the, the, this one app, TikTok, is completely... Um, doing horrible things to an entire generation. Um, it is desecrating our military. So when you see these, these young military Gen Z folks that are signing up for the military and they're complaining, to me, this is the cause and the effect of Gen Z, which is you have a lazy coddled generation. And then you have the military, honestly, who's not doing itself much favors by coddling to them with these DEI initiatives. And so what you have to me is a perfect cause and effect scenario. And I think that in particular, China has to be laughing at this, obviously all our adversaries, but particularly China, because they're the one that created this app. Yeah. And people, they just feel the need to post anything and everything on this app. Another one that was circulating over the weekend, another trend, once again, Gen Z, uh, saying that they are overwhelmed by menu choices. They are terrified to go to a restaurant because they have too many choices and they get anxiety when they have to communicate with wait staff, and it, it triggers them, it traumatizes them, really. I'm a little bit worried about this generation. I'm not sure this is something that they will grow out of. Now, I'm a millennial. Millennials are, you know, whiny, and millennials are, are lazy in some cases as well. But I look at Gen Z, and maybe that's just because I'm in the older generation now, but I look at Gen Z and I'm thinking, they are just really traumatized by basic life activities, and I'm not sure what the future of our country looks like if these are the people that are going to be voting, serving in our military, paying taxes. I don't know where we go from here. 
Yeah, indeed. And Tommy, there's a big obesity problem in Gen Z in 18 to 25. And so you look at some of the military standards and Gen Z, those who have enlisted are not up to snuff. And so you probably remember the slogan from the army, be all you can be. So is it be all you can be or is it be all you can eat? Like, I don't get it. This is this is insane that they would have such an obesity problem in the military. They're not able to measure up to the standards the military has. Meanwhile, Russia, North Korea, China, you name it. They've got the best, they've got some incredible fighters who are not on TikTok all the time. By the way, I thought TikTok was supposed to be banned on all of these military devices. I don't know how they're getting in the first place. But the bottom line is this is the cause and effect of what is happening in our culture today. You have a lazy, coddled generation. And the military, like I said, did itself no favors by all these diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives to bring them in. I feel like a lot of these people that are joining the military, and not all of them, because there's certainly a lot of young people that want to serve their country, but some of these people, the people that are posting about how much they hate the military, I feel like a lot of that is because they, they want the content of it all and they don't know what other content to make, but our tax dollars are funding their time to make these TikTok videos. I also think it's interesting because if you're in law enforcement, if you're in the military, you can't speak badly about your department. You can't speak badly about your commander in chief, no matter how abhorrent your commander in chief may be, but you can make TikTok videos talking about how bad the military is. It's interesting to me that that is overlooked. Also, you can be discharged from the military for not taking the COVID vaccine. But again, you can sit there and make TikTok videos and dances. Oh, and also drag queen recruitment is a thing that you can do as well. So it feels like liberals have just taken over everything at this point. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head with the fact that there's a dysphoria. It's about the projection of your life rather than your life itself. People want to be rewarded for what they project to uh, you know, to the public, but they don't want to actually be rewarded for what they actually do. It's more about the persona of it and the public image of it rather than the actual work itself, which should be defending our country, should it not? It should be. Uh, speaking of defending our country you know, and swearing to protect and defend our country, we've got a Fairfax County School Board member who decided it would be appropriate, a valiant, bold and brave, to be sworn in on a stack of what he determines to be banned books. Now, these are not banned books, simply we don't want children reading gay porn, but what do you think of this, a publicity stunt, or is this going to be the new normal? Should we expect all liberals from here on out to swear their oath and allegiance to our nation and the Constitution on a stack of gay oral sex books? I think it is the new normal, and here's why I say that. What we talked about earlier in the first topic had to do with what that staffer did and the brazenness of it. I think there wants to there is a faction again of this the, the gay agenda as a part of the radical left that wants to normalize all this type of behavior. What is striking about this is that this this man this 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 uh, person that on the school board is someone who swore his oath on a stack of these books where it was the Bible before. What it says to me is this stack of books, Lawn Boy and uh, uh, I can't remember the other one was terrible. Gender queer, uh, the, their favorite gender, gender, gender queer, queer. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Long boy and flamer. <laughs> Those are the books that are now your moral compass. That is your moral beacon. That is what you swear your oath by. So, and what I think is so peculiar about this guy, Tommy, is he started his career working for Lamar Alexander and John McCain. And in 2001, he switched, he became gay, and that trickled down everything. So that one switch of identity and everything changes. And then he went left, not just kind of left, but like Soros left. So this is a guy who has completely changed the paradigm and made who he was, who he is, and who he will become all based on that one sexual identity. You're right. They really do seem, you know, it's always been race. Race was, it was how you identify yourself. Over anything else, you are 
have some kind of allegiance to your race, or at least that's what the Democrat Party wants you to believe, and that's how they want you to vote. They want you to vote for white liberals if you are black, which makes zero sense considering what they're doing to your communities. But you're right, now this new LGBTQIA+, whatever they want to add to it, that's become somebody's sole identity. And if I'm not mistaken, the whole purpose of the gay rights movement, at least initially, was just to be treated like everybody else and to say, hey, my sexuality doesn't define me. It's a part of me, but it's not all of me. And now it seems like the message is your sexual identity is all of you. It's the most important and interesting thing about you, and you lead with that. So I don't know what path we're headed down, but it seems to be completely contradictory to what they told us they were about even 10 years ago. Absolutely, and that's why I saw it back then, I'm sure you did too, it was never about equality. It was always about an agenda of making us not just accept it, but to love it, to endorse it, to condone it. When this man put his hand on the, those, those uh, stack of books, he, what he's saying is, I don't care about the Bible. I have no idea if this guy's a Christian, never was a Christian, I'm not sure, probably not. But what it's saying is, I want the oath of my office to, to do the best of my abilities to be based on this set of books, lawn boy, genderqueer, that's what you feel is your moral navigation and your compass. I don't see how any parent in Fairfax County could send their kid to that school district in good conscience, knowing that that's who's running it. Also important to note that if they were to lift up those books and open them and show the photos in them, that would not be allowed on television, but you can swear on them. So yeah, point well made, point well taken. Uh, last thing I want to talk to you about today is the Taylor Swift obsession. So you'd think after the terror attack in Israel on October 7th, you'd think with everything going on with Biden family corruption, with now Donald Trump being taken off the ballot in Colorado, you'd think with everything going on in our country as it stands today and the horrible things happening around the world, you'd think maybe there would be just a slight pause in the nonstop Taylor Swift coverage. But there's not. And, you know, you and I talked about this a few months back with the Barbie movie. So I want to lay yeah. my intentions out there very clearly. I like Taylor Swift. I have no problem with Taylor Swift. I don't even think this is Taylor Swift's fault, to be honest with you, because she's not covering herself. I think it's the media's obsession with Taylor Swift that's become so annoying that it's ruining Taylor Swift for people who actually like Taylor Swift. What do you make of the obsession and is it going anywhere? That's possible. I hadn't thought about it that way. But, you know, I just think that, you know, her even winning person of the year is one of the greatest PR campaigns probably ever waged. I think it's incredible what they've been able to do. You go in the supermarket, she's on every freaking magazine there is. So, yes, it, the, the obsession, the media obsession, what I challenge is that the media will not push back at all. They lap this up. They feed into it. Now, Taylor Swift goes to a Chiefs game and she says, I have no idea when they're covering me. And I don't know about the, if it pisses off some dads, brads and chads. I think she knows exactly when that camera's on her, because when is it not? Let's right. be honest. So in spite of the fact that you, 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 know, you like her music, that's fine. I think that's great that a lot of people like, like her music. But when you oversaturate someone in the media that much, it's going to piss off a lot of people, people who otherwise just want to watch football. So I do, like you, blame the media for their incessant coverage of her, which makes the problem compounded and worse. I do agree with her, though, that it really isn't her fault. She shouldn't have to hide herself at a game. She shouldn't have to be, you know, under a cloak and dagger if she wants to go watch her boyfriend play football. I mean, that's every bit her right to go and watch and, and be there and be seen. It's more the NFL that tries to cover it, the media trying to cover it. I mean, every day I look at my feed and I see death and destruction, and then I see Taylor Swift made Travis Kelsey Simmons rolls before the game. 
Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey left the game together. Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey held hands. And I'm thinking to myself, this is not only not breaking news for a real outlet to cover, but this is even, to me, something that E! News or people shouldn't cover because this is daily activities of somebody who's simply a breathing human. And I'm wondering when enough is going to be enough on the literally moment-by-moment updates of how she moves, breathes, and walks. I don't think we will see a ceasing to it. You know, from a songwriter's perspective, like I just wanted to see some emotional maturity, some some emotional maturation in her process. I think, you know, when John Mayer wrote that song, Paper Doll, about her, and he's saying, you know, you're like 22 girls in one and none of them know what they're running from. To me, I thought that was perfect. And he doesn't even want the song to be about that, but we know that that's exactly what it was about. I want, you know, if the media is going to cover her, I want it to be about something good that makes me feel good, that feels like, oh, wow, I can applaud that. The problem is that every time I see a media story about her, it's something I can't stand. So I think from the guy's perspective, we're sick of it. We don't care. By the way, it's not exactly been the Chiefs' good luck charm either. (laughs) But the telltale sign for me, Tommy, honestly, and I'm sure you've thought about this, is to what extent can Taylor Swift affect the vote? Because she has a mobilized army of fans that do not think, they think she's Jesus come off the cross, that she can do no wrong. To what extent can she mobilize all these fans to go vote for a man with dementia who has a sniffing problem? Is that possible? Yeah, I think it it certainly is. And again, I see what you're saying about this. One thing that does bother me, though, about conservative influencers or conservative media when they talk about Taylor Swift, they're so angry that she's got this influence over people. But I can't be angry that she's got the influence over people because that's something that I think we should be envious of and jealous of, that we don't really have that. But I actually think we do have that, and there's another obsession on the right, and that's Donald Trump, right? So as much as the left loves Taylor Swift and we're worried that she's going to be able to get out the vote, I mean, there's a lot of idol worship when it comes to Donald Trump as well, and he's also a celebrity in many regards, if not really all regards. Obviously, he's a former president, but he's always been a celebrity. So I think it's interesting when conservatives get so mad about influence of Taylor Swift. Well, hey, listen— we wish we had it, right? Isn't it kind of one of those things where it's like we can bitch and moan and we can stomp our feet, but it'd be kind of nice if we had that kind of mobilizing force on our side outside of Donald Trump. Yeah, that's true. And we've always had a little bit of a problem with our influencers on the, on the side of the right. But I will say, you know, you, there's that song by Living in Color, The Cult of Personality. And that describes perfectly what's going on here, whether it's Donald Trump or Taylor Swift. Um, there definitely is a cult of personality around both. The difference to me, though, is that Donald Trump has done things, has a track record of doing things that are positive for most Americans, whether that's the economy, unemployment, job growth, you know, all of that. It, lifting up Black Americans, Hispanic Americans. I want to know what Taylor Swift has really done to influence well, the market and, and, and hold make on, our, hold our on, lives though. better. I have to play devil's advocate here because okay. she has stimulated the economy <laughs> a lot. So I will say this about her. I don't like the, I don't like the constant coverage of her by the media because I think it's annoying yeah. about the cinnamon rolls and stuff. But I will say this. As far as Taylor Swift goes, I just have to be fair about it because here's what I will say about her. Stimulated the economy revitalized a lot of cities with her tour, with people spending money, spending money on hotels, small businesses in the area of where her concert's going to be. So I'll give her that. And I will also say this, even though if you like her music or don't, at least her music for the most part is pretty wholesome. 
Uh, it's not Beyonce and Cardi B and Nicki Minaj sure. who talk about gross, disgusting things that children shouldn't be listening to. So I will give her that, that for the most part, she is pretty wholesome. She's not altogether a bad role model. Yes, she's dated a lot of people, but as far as celebrities and mega celebrities go, I will give her that on that side of it. So she has done things. I think we put too much weight onto what celebrities should do for the world. I wish that maybe they did less for the world and just focused on their art, their craft, stimulating the economy, which is a byproduct of their art and their craft. But I think like leaning on celebrities to find our, our political guidance, I wish we did less of that. I agree with that. I just think that my opinion is that, and it's just one man's opinion, is that Taylor does most of her things as a PR stunt to, to um, accentu um, accentuate herself and her image. I think it is intentional. I think there's a very intentional effort behind it. Um, she didn't do all the things that most songwriters did to get where they are. She didn't have to do all those things. And I'm not blaming her because her dad had that kind of money. That's fine. But I just think that in this cult of personality, this, this, this worship of a person, that we have to hold them to account. Conservatives don't like her because she's a Democrat. That's obvious. That's the easy, that's the low-hanging fruit. The question is, is what has she done to actually help move people along? You talked about the role model situation. I don't think she's a great role model because I think if you were trying to tell your daughter, look up to this girl, she's had 38 boyfriends and none of them want to marry her. Is that not a red flag? Is that okay. Not okay. All right, but we're going to get back into the Barbie conversation because listen, I'm going to... Having 38 boyfriends does not mean that you are necessarily, and she said it, she's poked fun at it, it's not necessarily mean that she's the problem. She very well could be. I don't know her, but <laughs> she's had 38 boyfriends or whatever. I actually think it's better that she hasn't gotten married and had several divorces and things like that. So I don't think that we can necessarily blame her because she's dated a lot of guys she doesn't have a sex tape like Kim Kardashian and Paris Hilton. You know, she's not been seen doing drugs or, or doing nasty things. So I do think that she's a role model, Bo. As far as celebrity <laughs> role models go, I don't think she's certainly not the worst. In, in a way, in a way, Tommy, but for the moment, if you just indulge me, if, if, if her lyrics are all saying, it's never my fault, it's always someone else's, there's no level of introspection, doesn't that send a bad signal to those girls out there that say, maybe I don't need to look at myself, it's always Chad, Brad, and Dad's fault, it's, it's never mine. Isn't that a moment, a time for reflection? Most songwriters, John Mayer included in them, there's a, a lot of females too, that, that over time, they look inside themselves and say, maybe I, maybe I was at fault for this, maybe I ruined this relationship. And if you don't have that moment of self-reflection and introspection, you not only not, not just grow as a songwriter, but you're not going to grow as a, as a human. And so I'm looking at her emotional IQ and saying, where are you going? What are you teaching our young people? That's where I'm, my head is. Well, I mean, to be fair, Bo, she does have an entire song saying that she's the problem. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that's she does. a I mean, if we're going to go back and do her discology, I am a Taylor Swift fan. So she's had several <laughs> songs wherein I do believe she somewhat blames herself. But I do have to push back on the notion that it's her fault that nobody wants to marry her because I don't think that the barometer of success in life is that somebody wants to marry you. No, I no. think being a billionaire is a better barometer of success. So for that, I will say, go Taylor, go. <laughs> and that's fine. And I think you, you share the opinion of a, of a lot of her fans and that's fine. I think just from a guy's perspective, I think we look at it and say, there's a lot of man hating songs out there. There's a lot of them. And, and I think, you know, it, it gets to a point where of, of saturation, just like the media point that you made, it becomes oversaturated. And you say, why is there, is there all this obsession about this one person? And the fact that no one will push back and question her about some basic things, it's like she can do no wrong. It becomes this kind of messianic figure, which, which I have to challenge just as a human being, I have to challenge it because nobody's perfect. You know, I I love Billy Joel. I love Garth 
Brooks, but they're not perfect. I know they're not perfect individuals. They'll never be perfect, but it's in their imperfection that I find their perfection in a way. I love to find those imperfect things that they do, whether it's as a musician or as a person. They make mistakes. They stumble. Taylor is no different from any of those people. Well, I'm glad that we got into a full-on Taylor Swift debate and dialogue. Um, that's a great thing to pair with the Senate sex tape and the Colorado ballot situation. So we covered it all. I really appreciate you being here. A very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you. And we'll talk to you in the new year. Maybe there'll be a new obsession and we'll cover it then. Who knows? Thanks, Tommy. Thanks, Bo. All right. The new and improved Outkick store is finally live. Check out limited edition hats, koozies, sweatshirts, and more. Shop for yourself or stock up for the fearless patriots in your life at shop.outkick.com. And still ahead, Donald Trump takes a swipe at Congressman Chip Roy in a petty and childish move that does nothing to further the conservative movement. And I have some final thoughts. All right. In one of his more recent truth social rants, former President Donald Trump took a swipe at Texas Republican Congressman Chip Roy, calling him a rhino and calling for someone to challenge him in the primary. I mean, never mind the filing deadline to do that is already passed. But that aside, I've just had my fill of this because there is nothing that would suggest Chip Roy to be a rhino. Nothing. And I don't think Trump or his social media supporters could point to a single instance either, except for the fact that Chip Roy has dared to support Ron DeSantis, but that doesn't make him a rhino. I mean, it's not like Chip Roy has campaigned with Lindsey Graham. It's not like Chip Roy has advocated for neocon Nikki Haley as a running mate or stated his support for BLM. It's not like Chip Roy has given Fauci an award or pushed a clot shot or anything like that. So yeah, for Trump to label anyone and everyone who dares to question him at all a rhino is not only a lie, but it's just wildly unhelpful. All of these things are making it really hard for me to support Trump, and that sucks because I like Trump and I love his policies, but this pettiness is just a turnoff. It feels like high school. It feels like the Real Housewives. And for the front runner, who is apparently ahead in the polls by a million billion bigly points to act like this, well, it tells me he's more concerned than he lets on. You know, the right overuses the word rhino like the left overuses the word racist, so much so that it's lost its meaning. So let's save it for those who deserve it, like Nikki Haley. Please and thank you. Those are my final thoughts from Nashville. God bless and take care.